Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and it is another Monorail Monday. Woo! Happy New Year 2020. To celebrate a new year of Monorail Mondays, I have my whole family here with me today. And let's start by introducing, to my left... Samantha Monorail. Uh, Samantha Monorail who is struggling once again with her voice. <laughs> I'm fine. Because she might be coughing and hacking and raspy during this episode, but she's going to do her best. Yes. Yeah. Good way to start the year. <laughs> Across from Samantha Monreal. Student loans. Student loans 2020. <laughs> McKenna Monreal is here. And beside her. Chicken nugget. Chicken nugget. Back at it again. The OG. Also, McKenna. It is year of the rat, so it's your year. I am oh. actually a snake. <laughs> well, but Remy's a rat. Yeah, but I'm a snake. Okay. We all knew that. Oh, ha huh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. This is your year, McKenna. Ratatouille's going to open in Epcot. Oh. And it is the year of the rat. Rats who Did can cook. Did they do cook. that on purpose? I bet they didn't think about it at all. But it's happening regardless. So, today... This is episode number 89 of the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. It's January 6th, 2020, and I am sure there are going to be episodes upcoming where I say 2019, but this year I've got it in big 2019! To remind myself <laughs> that it is 2020. This is 2020! Mm-hmm. I'm Barbara Walters. Who? Barbara Walters. This is 2020. That's it. Barbara Walters. And it's 2020. Yeah. I tried. You did give an attempt. <laughs> and that's all that matters. I'm no Sherry O'Terry. You're not. But you are even better because you're Samantha Monreal. And Meh. one thing we learned about you recently is you're a wonderful artist. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not. Actually, that was really bad. And if it weren't for someone showing me and giving me outlines to um, use, I would have done even worse. Well, let's reveal what we're talking about. We finally got to do the animation experience at Animal Kingdom. Uh, And this was just Samantha Monreal and myself. The kids decided to opt out of Animal Kingdom that day. Fine. And then when we got home, Garrett was mad and he said, well, I didn't know you all were going to have fun today. (laughs) That was a joke. I didn't know you guys were going to be on so long. <laughs> we were uh, gone a long time. We went to Animal Kingdom. Of course, we were going to be gone for a while. I forgot what we did that day. Did we just sleep? You just slept. We had just gotten back from our trip home to Knoxville. Oh yeah, that was exhausting. Yeah, it was. I was very tired. I don't. I don't know. You guys just kept going. Yeah, you, we did. I, I need a break. Your we, dad was grooming goats. I groomed some goats over at Conservation Station. And Disney liked. I it. got fussed at. 
because you're not supposed to brush them on the head. <laughs> yeah, Dad was brushing know. them on the head. Why aren't you supposed to brush them on the head? I guess they have extra nerve endings in their heads, and it can be a little bit uncomfortable for them. So you poor goats. I didn't know that, and it's probably why the goat yelled at me when I brushed it on the head. <laughs> the goat yelled at it you. It did. It was like, eh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cute though. Yeah. But Disney did appreciate my efforts. I didn't get paid to brush the goats, but I felt like I was one of the team members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. But let's talk a little bit just quickly about the animation experience. So neither you nor I would consider ourselves artists, I don't think. No. And I was a little nervous going into it, honestly, because I've seen some of the things that people have drawn after they've gone to the animation experience at Rafiki's Planet Watch. And... These characters look really good. I mean, the products that I've seen online, and I was thinking, well, maybe it's just people who are good artists, and they're really proud of what they've drawn, so they're posting these pictures. So I felt a little bit of pressure going into it. I was a little anxious just thinking about the fact that I'm not a good artist, and I struggle. Like, I can't draw a circle. I can't draw a straight line. Yes, yes, you can. No, I can't. Yes, you can. And so I can't draw a straight line. We got in there and he runs in the family, uh, hey. right down the family oh. line. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we got in there, they give you a clipboard, they give you the paper that already has the guidelines drawn on it. And then an animator actually comes up and leads the session. And we were talking to a couple folks beside us who had done it before. And we were wondering why our pencils didn't have erasers. And they said, well, you really don't have time to erase. If you try to start erasing while you're doing this, you're going to fall behind. I wish I had an eraser, though, because <laughs> I drew an eye backwards. <laughs> I don't know how you draw an eye backwards. I did it. I did it. I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> it was so bad, too. I was like, oh, my gosh. But I tried to make a recovery, um, but it looked pretty bad. I think in the end, everything turned out fine. I mean, the animator did a great job of being easy to understand and easy to follow. It was kind of one of those things where as you're drawing it, you just don't see how it's going to end up until the very end when things all come together and you start darkening the pieces in. And we were drawing Shere Khan mm -hmm. and both of ours, even yours with wonky eyes turned out really good. It was fine. They it both turned great. out good. <laughs> but I will say I fell behind even though I wasn't erasing or anything. And I had to make the decision to only put two stripes on the side of his face instead of three. And that helped me catch up. And then I didn't do the shading of the like orange part of the tiger. You did. But I didn't have time to do it. And and actually, the animator, I think, started to run out of time at the end. So he started kind of rushing. So there were details that he was adding at the end that I was like, what is happening? And I was trying to keep up. And you really do have to make sure that you're following along and, and trying your best to keep up with the animator's instructions. But at the end, I mean, you can go to our Instagram and see the products. Go to the Monday Morning Monorail Instagram, and you can see what we both drew. And they both turned out good, honestly. Uh, mine, mine wasn't as great, but it really is, like, because that guy was telling us what to do, it made it a little easier. Yeah, and if you use the guidelines they put on the paper, it makes it pretty straightforward. So now I know you guys want to try it, and so we're going to have to go back and do it again. We're talking about maybe Sunday coming up, we're going we're gonna to do it, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll be doing that while lots of individuals will be participating in the Walt Disney World Marathon. This is Marathon Weekend, guys. Ooh. January 8th 
through the 12th. Uh, the 5K is on Thursday. The 10K is on Friday. The half is on Saturday, all starting at 5.30 a.m. And then the marathon is Sunday at 5. How, how long is a five, 5K supposed to take? Um, Like... I don't know, 30 minutes? 30 minutes? Isn't that long? That's, That's not that long. That I thought people typically do it faster than that. Well, maybe. But, I, like, I'm saying, like, a person who... Maybe he doesn't like train for these things. Maybe 25, 30 minutes. It's not long. Because you figure... I'll make it long. You know, a 5K is what? Like three and a half miles? One hour. It's something like that. How long is a marathon? A marathon is 26.2 miles. I don't know. That's a lot. Does anyone in this family run... I run I to, to the dinner table. Oh. I used to play infection with my friends. That counts. I run through Pokemon. It says average is 30 to 40 minutes. But I feel like that is long because 5Ks aren't that long. 10 minutes to run a mile. Well, Ten not minutes run. 10 to... minutes is like jogging a mile at a good pace. I mean, and that's someone who is like taking it easy. I think I might be 15 minutes to run a mile. I'm not going to lie. 10 minutes was like what we required in gym class. Like to pass the the exam, you had to run a mile. Was, I skipped for my class. Oh, it was 10 for me. Okay. I didn't participate in gym class. So. It says if you average eight minutes a mile, it's going to be under 25. But yeah. if you're an average um, nine to 12 minutes for a 5K, that means it'll be 28 to 37 minutes. Oh my gosh. Uh, can we put this as the first... On the scoreboard, I was right of 2020. Thank you very much. And no one cares. All right. There is no scoreboard. Yeah. There's one now. Nope. Officially 2020, Monday morning Montreal scoreboard, I was right. I used to run a lot uh, at recess, <laughs> and um, I figured something out. I'm, I'm very fast, but for like three minutes, and then I die. I fall down. That's because you haven't trained. I have no stamina. Right. That's something you have to build up, endurance. You can't just sporadically run in gym class for as hard as like as hard as you want to for three minutes and expect to just go forever. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Back to the list. So the marathon's on Sunday at 5 a.m. They do have several kids races on Saturday. There's a 100 meter, a 200 meter, and a diaper dash. I will participate in the diaper dash <laughs> this year. Thank you. I know I've done you a diaper dash a, or two in my day. Yeah, McKenna may have a chance of winning a race if she does the diaper <laughs> dash. I want to... Oh, that's the only race I think I could win because there are a lot of kids who are a lot faster than me. <laughs> but so, you could probably take that diaper dash. I, yeah. What if you have to crawl it? You still think Boom. you can win? I like the <laughs> like. Can I do like the animal thing where you're walking up the stairs on all fours? No, you have to be on your knees. Oh, okay, fine. I'll. I guess I'll win because I ha- I can do longer strides than these children. Um, the other things going on. There's a goofy race, which is. Doing it's goofy race and a half. Sorry, that's where you do the half marathon and the full marathon. Nope, uh, you get a special medal for that, so you'd end up with three medals. Or you can do it all and do what they call the dopey challenge. If you do the 5k, 10k, half, and full, you get those four medals, plus you get the goofy race and a half medal, and you get the dopey challenge medal for a total of six medals. Good for anyone who does that. By the way, yeah, more power to you. Mm. You're a crazy person. Yeah, that's... <laughs> no. Does this include the diaper dash? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. 
But uh, yeah, wow. No, seriously though, I know we've got people, listeners to this podcast. Our friend Allison is a runner. I think the Nate and Serena have mm-hmm. done marathons. They are, yeah. Um, so we've got friends out there who do these marathons. And so I don't think any of them are going to be here this weekend. But if you are a listener, you're going to be running. Good luck to you. Hydrate. Yeah. Carb load the night before. No. Eat that fettuccine Alfredo. No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry that you hate yourself and you feel like you have to run these. No, it's it's a lot of fun from what I can tell. Like there are characters along the way. Oh yeah, and you get stuff to stop like and that. take pictures. Yeah, people aren't doing it. Most can people I aren't doing it? it. Yeah, I can walk. You can walk all them. of sure. them. There is like and get a six medals. Well, I will say that there's a maximum allowed time. Like I think at some point, if you fall behind a certain pace, they're they're like, all right, you're you're done. Like it cuts off because they can't just have you walk and grab you and pull and like escort you off the area. Stormtroopers will. Um, But no, you could like if you're if you're keeping up a good pace, you don't have to just run it. And like I was going to say, people aren't doing these races to set personal best. Usually, although these are good races to set personal best because they're very flat. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to you get to run through the parks, which is pretty cool. I'm guessing this is not something in our future. No. As the monorail family. If I was ever ever gonna do a marathon it would be a disney marathon maybe the star wars moving on did you all see if you were watching the twitter or some of the social medias a few nights ago the people mover had an emergency yes there was smoke going on see that people said it was on fire it looked like i should have been ascending through the smoke down and like oh and I could walk off and be like, everyone, I just rode the people mover. Yeah, all the smoke was right around the um, the ramps. Yeah, at the bottom. <laughs> and um, as it turned out, it was one of the ramps was like the ha- malfunctioning and smoking. And it really wasn't on fire, but the ride went down. People were very concerned. Was, Everything's fine. It was vaping. As, oh, that's not good. It's going to get popcorn wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Oh, comedian gold. No. Have you guys seen that non-vaping ad with the pug in it? I've seen recently? it. No. That's, that's been everywhere. I don't know how you haven't I'm, seen that. It, I don't pay attention to commercials. It's on TikTok. Well, I don't see TikTok either. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, moving on over to Epcot. We all know there's a lot of construction going on. This is a year of a lot of change in Epcot. And there are going to be some characters that are impacted by this. So, uh, actually, beginning the 5th, which was Sunday, yesterday, here are the following expected changes. The Epcot character spot will have its last day of operation on the 4th. Baymax and Sadness will no longer meet guests, which is sad. Oh, man, yeah. Mickey Mouse's Imagination Pavilion meet and greet will debut. Mickey will meet guests in the queue area for Disney and Pixar Short Film Festival. And then Joy will move into a new meet-and-greet area in the Imagination Pavilion. Minnie Mouse will move to the gazebo in Showcase Plaza. What about Daisy Duck? Daisy will move from the Showcase Plaza gazebo to a location in Future World East. Hmm. So, just shifting some people around. And I don't know when this started, but one of the things we noticed as we've been taking advantage of the Skyliner and going over the International Gateway is on most days, we've seen Mickey and Minnie and Goofy hanging out like on that pathway from the international gateway up to the world showcase. Yeah. Um, maybe they won't be there anymore after this, but that's where we've seen them on occasion. I've seen Dr. Facilier. So oh, really? Yeah. I hadn't seen him out there. That's interesting. 
He was just walking by. It was really weird. <laughs> Maybe it was just a dude. Nope. He <laughs> that'd be weirder, but it wasn't just a dude. I got some good nose. Good nose. Good nose. Well, maybe I'm saying smell? maybe I'm saying nose because this is going to be a delicious smell coming to the World Showcase Pavilion. I like smells. Yeah. If there's food at the end. Did you know that the Regal Eagle Smokehouse is going to feature the image the Regal Eagle Smokehouse Where is coming that? coming to the American Adventure Pavilion <gasps> in Epcot <laughs> is going to feature Sam Eagle. Yay! How long, though? Forever. Forever, forever? Well, as long as it's open, I guess. for Disney forever. But probably somewhat similar to Pizza Rizzo, it's not like this is going to be like a Muppet restaurant or dining location. It's just they're using Sam as like the icon of this place. Right? Right? Again. They are just just using the Muppets. Yeah. Not... They're not... I wish they would use the Muppets, but they're using the Muppets. <laughs> Underutilization, as is typical by Disney. But I will tell you that this is already aggravating people because they're like, Sam Eagle does not represent the history of America, and the, the Muppets aren't just like patriotic symbols. No. No, but Sam, Sam is. Sam Eagle yeah, is Sam definitely is. a patriotic Sam symbol. Sam Eagle is a patronization of patriotic people yeah it's it is it's a satire it's satire he's like a caricature yeah a caricature yeah he is um but his whole thing is like that is distinctly american like that's sam eagle right so i don't have a problem with it i think it's cool and at least it is a muppets reference do i wish there was more sure i wish sam was there that'd be cool yeah why can i not meet him i would like to meet sam the eagle I am, I like smoked food and ask him his <laughs> opinions on politics. Yeah. Oh Lord, it'd be funny. Don't do it. It'd be funny. Though. I don't think you'd like what it. What if great moments in history was there instead? Yeah, I know. We've kind of talked about maybe lo- relocating that over there, but um, for now, it's just barbecue. I mean, come on, they love IPs so much. Why not do it? Why yeah. not do it? I feel like great moments in history would fit in Epcot America if they're going to IP the. Stuff all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I pee the stuff all over the place. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. All right. So, Regal Eagle Smokehouse will be the site for Sam's Centennial Cook-Off. A salute to all cook-offs, but mostly barbecue. Guests will be the beneficiaries of this contest, described as a competition fit for all patriots and pitmasters. As it brings in a variety of classic barbecue... Uh, selections from across the country to vie for Sam's Ooh. top honor. What kind of barbecues they got? Well, it's funny you ask because I do have that. Eagle? But it's they are going to have like Memphis dry rub uh, ribs. Those are good. Memphis? But like I'm looking to the Carolina barbecue. They are going to have Carolina barbecue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's some. Uh, I don't have the full menu, but here's what I've got. The new fast casual barbecue will offer up classic American barbecue from around the United States, as well as a variety of homestyle craft beers. On the menu are a variety of sandwiches and platters, as well as plant-based options. Chow down on the sliced Texas beef brisket sandwich with house-made spicy mop sauce on garlic toast, or the South Carolina smoked sausage sandwich with tangy mustard sauce and caramelized onions. Mop sauce is good. You can also feast on Kansas City smoked chicken, Memphis dry rub, pork ribs, North Carolina chopped smoked pork butt, all available by themselves or as part of a delicious hearty platter. For a lighter option, grab the power green salad with chilled pulled pork, fresh citrus, and a citrus vinaigrette. And if you're looking for an all-American burger, 
Burglar. Burglar. Mm-hmm. Oh. Try the grilled burger topped with barbecue pork and a fried onion ring, or take a bite out of the plant-based barbecue burger featuring plant-based patty topped with barbecue jackfruit served on vegan garlic toast. And wash all of it down with a nice Budweiser America. No, they're going to have craft brews. Oh. oh. Well, at least and it's not crappy brews. Sauces include a spicy mop sauce, sweet barbecue, tangy mustard, and vinegar-based sauce. The side items include uh, french fries, beer batter, onion rings, mac and cheese, baked beans with burnt ends, and house-made pickles and creamy slaw. So there you go. Yeah, Sounds I'll good to me. I'll eat there. Oh, yeah. It's going to smell delicious. I love barbecue. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? You can't have America without barbecue. Exactly. There's not good barbecue around here, so maybe if this is good barbecue, we'll go spend uh, an entire fortune on it. Three Rivers isn't bad. Yeah, there is some decent barbecue around I, here. I've and only people, been people love the one. Barbecue at Disney Springs. People love their sunnies down here. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, sunnies where we're from is not so good. Hey, I got a question for you guys. I want to know your opinion on this. So I saw on the Twitters that according to a new sign posted at Pop Century, bus service from Pop Century to Epcot and Hollywood Studios is going to be reduced to once an hour. And they're pushing people to use the Skyliner to get to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. So, and I'm assuming it's going to be the same for Art of Animation. Now, my question is, does that really make sense? No. No. No, give people an option. And some people are going to be a little nervous, like, or have kids that are nervous. Yeah. And that's okay. They shouldn't be forced to ride that. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking, you know, I want to use the Skyliner. I do too, but I would rather people, if but, they don't want to, go ride the buses and let me ride the Skyliner. Right. Yeah. I hate the buses personally. I don't want to ride the buses. So this is a nice option for me. Yeah. But like for other people. When, oh, yeah. They, it's like, um, you know, they don't want to be really high up in the air. Yeah. I like the buses when there aren't, like, really rude people on them. No. Well, there's always. Your seat. Summertime, crowded parks, tired, rude, crying kids. It's just, that's the nature of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the Skyliner, at least you only have to deal with, like, maybe one other group. <laughs> and, right. And just have an awkward, quiet ride in the Skyliner. Yeah, I just don't understand. I mean, I... I know they want people to like the Skyliner and they want to push that, but doing this is not the way to make that happen. I just don't think it's putting guest interest first. Right. It's putting their interest first. Yeah, because they're definitely going to reduce some of their service, which means they're paying less people for bus service. Um, But it could mean, too, that... Uh, Good point. Yeah, it could mean, too, that if people are just not going to ride the Skyliner, your options of getting to the parks just, you know, reduced. So... That kind of sucks. Um, I love the Skyliner. I definitely promote the Skyliner, but I don't think they should be reducing bus service. Yeah, it just seems so unfair to other people. I don't know. The more I think of it, the more I just think that's a really bad move. Plus, they made the buses look really cool now. Yeah. A lot of them. They do have the wraps, the character wraps on them. Well, and they're playing like uh, new versions of, of classic Disney songs on them. It's pretty cool. They don't do that on Skyliners. No. You just... They shouldn't be making decisions for people. Right. So, okay. I just, I wondered if you all would think that was a good or a bad thing. I don't think it's the best decision, but I think a lot of these snap decisions we see from Disney come down to reducing budget and then people get upset and they have to backtrack it. Right. So we'll see. They're just spending more money in the long run. Well, and taking a hit from guest services too. Right. Exactly. So 
I don't know. Maybe not the wisest. Some people will say, well, it also reduces Disney's carbon footprint. Yeah, I guess that's true. Just make electric buses yeah, happen. Why not? Like, just do electric buses if if they really are interested. Disney should in, at least have hybrid buses. Yeah, like if they're really interested in reducing their carbon yeah. footprint and not just using it as a marketing ploy, mm-hmm. then show me the money. Yeah, show me the money. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's take the Skyliner on over to Hollywood Studios. Why don't oh. we? Where starting actually back on December twentieth. Did you know that they have added new scenes to Star Tours based on the rise of Skywalker? No. Hmm. Yeah, they they already did it. Like as soon as the movie came out, they did can, it. Can you see the old uh, destroyed Death Star? Well, the first scene has guests visiting the ocean moon of Kef Beer to travel through the remains of a star destroyer. From there, Lando Calrissian asks us to join him on a space battle on the planet of Exegol. The experience, the experience ends with a nod to the original version of Star Tours. So it doesn't necessarily, at least what I've got, doesn't necessarily say that you get to go to like indoor and see the crash Death Star. But I would imagine that's got to be there. But And they said they added several scenes. So who knows? But it is cool. And it's cool that maybe you could get a message from Lando. That's yeah, neat. Pretty yeah. cool. Will it be old Lando? It's old, yeah, it's old Lando. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the guy. What it's about Donald guy. Glover Lando? No. Not Donald Glover. Oh, can you imagine? People would lose their minds if that was the case. They'd because be so he's so upset. cool? No, people would be oh. very mad. Oh. That would be Glover's like putting... Pretty cool guy. Guy. That'd be like putting Alden Ironreich in and saying he's Han Solo. And <laughs> people yeah. would be so mad. That'd be funny. Yeah, come on. <laughs> we can get over it for a movie, but you don't, you don't put them in a, a ride like Star Tours. I would, be, I would do it. Yeah, I don't know. You would do it? Yeah, why not? She would do it. <laughs> I'd, I'd be Lando. <laughs> I'd be like, hey guys. It's me, Lando. It's me. I'd be winking at the droids. <laughs> it's me, Lando. Uh, you get, get to wear a cape. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a wink at uh, C-3PO. How you doing? <laughs> oh, I turned into Joey. <laughs> I mean, Lando does like droids. We know that. He does. <laughs> Finally, after years of not doing anything about this, Disney corrected a problem. Oh, huzzah. They have added restrooms to the Avatar Flight of Passage queue. Nice. And honestly, like this is from the file of why didn't you do this in the first place? Because the Rise of the Resistance queue has bathrooms in it, like halfway through in the cave in standby. Avatar has never had, so they've always had issues where... People are standing in line two, three, four hours, and they actually had to like create a system where people could leave the line and then come back to their spot um, if they needed a bathroom break. Do you think that they expected it to be this long of a wait, this long of a time? Maybe they didn't, but they built the interior queue to be long enough to like last for two hours. That's true. So I don't know. It just seems like something they should have thought about before. Yep. Or. Why don't we just go to virtual queues and not worry about it? Booyah! I like virtual Great. queues. Yeah, me too. You don't have to like stand with a bunch of people. <laughs> you still do, <laughs> just not as long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, the last thing I've got for you guys today, I know you're going to be super excited. Coming over to Disney Springs West Side, right near the NBA Experience. There's What's that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
will be the M&M's Orlando store. Oh, yay. <gasps> I don't care. No. <laughs> Why not? You should not go inside there because the moment you step inside, it's going to smell like melted chocolate. Yeah. It will be a new state-of-the-art store offering an immersive experience that combines the colorful fun that fans of M&M's brand enjoy with lasting memories. Guests will be fully immersed into an interactive chocolate experience that will create more moments and more smiles through the colorful fun of M&M's. Immersive M&M experience. You You will take a chocolate bath. Are they they adding M&M's to the void now? (laughs) What if you become the filling? There you go. No, you you get covered in a candy coating. You walk into the M&M store and then the red M&M comes up to you and it's like, I don't know. I'm very angry, and no. Santa's not real. <laughs> it's the human version of the red Eminem. Danny DeVito oh my, comes no. walking out. If it was Danny DeVito, I'd lose my mind. <laughs> Hello. Welcome but, to the Eminem no, store. you're not allowed to do a Danny DeVito <laughs> impression. Like well, he didn't do one, so you're in luck. <laughs> I mean, I've been to several Eminem stores, and I can tell you, they're all as equally as exciting as... Going to the NBA experience. Some people it's find that fine, very exciting. This uh. is an immersive experience. <laughs> right. <laughs> My biggest complaint about M&M stores is that like, you go to the one in Times Square and you expect there to be a lot of things that you could only get at the M&M store in Times Square. And really, it's just a bunch of candy that you could buy anywhere. There's like a few souvenirs that say something like New York or Times Square, but for the most part, it's just M&M's. That's how it is in the Vegas one, too. Yeah. There's nothing to it. It's just you go in, you can put together a bag of assorted colored M&M's, only the colors you want. But they are all... The same. Um, yeah. It's just Danny not that DeVito flavored. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> you can go buy a bag of M Ms for much cheaper. I'd like. I'd like a Skittles store instead. It might be good for people with OCD or people who don't like colors to mix together because of. But like, what if there were colors you could only get there? That's what we want. I'm there sorry, you go. but they don't do that really. Yeah. But they could. They could. But they don't. Make your own color. Poop. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they'd all end up brown. Yeah. <laughs> brown. Brown because M&M's. Every time you try to mix colors together, it all turns brown Black usually. or brown, yeah. yeah. Gray. What color isn't an M&M color? Um, I, already. I think chartreuse. The, the light blue ones are only like flesh colored bags. Because I know I've seen light blue ones, but they're like only in some bags. Yeah, but I guess the question is, is there a color that you haven't seen an M&M be? Dark green. You've never seen a dark green one? Maroon five. They have normal normal green. They don't don't have dark green. (laughs) Fifty shades of gray? No. Risque. (laughs) Black M&M's. Black M&M's. That's I feel Halloween. like I've seen black M&M's, yeah. This, this oh, wait. Those are Reese's Pieces. <laughs> uh, blue and pink together. I've seen the, pink no, they make, Valentine's Day. They make blue and pink because you can get them for like newborns. Like a baby. No, I mean together. Like, baby boy. Like in one M&M. It's blue with... Oh. Hybrid M&M's. Yes. Yeah. Tie-dye M&M's. That'd be cool. Mmm. <laughs> Okay. okay. Clear. Brown. Neon. Glowing M&M's. Glow Glowing in the dark M&M's. M&Ms. That sounds that dangerous. 
Very sick. Maybe hey, make your they poop had glow, glow in the dark. dark Reese cups and stuff and Twix or Kit Kats. Twix. Kit Kats. But the thing about neon, though, <laughs> is that neon is poisonous. Mm. The chemical. So, anyway, we're going to be rushing to the M&M store as soon as uh, this place yeah. opens, it sounds Wait, like. Wait, can you get to the NBA experience from Disney Springs? It's in Disney it's Springs. In Disney it's Springs. in Disney it's Springs. It's in Disney Springs. Where at? It's there. It's like across from Haleo, isn't it? It's, um... Isn't it over there? It's on the west side. Oh, it's a shop. It, or it's, it's not a, a place? shop. It's where Disney Quest place. used to be. What's Disney Quest? I know. That's what I was thinking. Oh, that's why they got rid of it. Yeah, Disney Quest was a big indoor immersive. Magic Quest, but Disney? Not really. It was like a bunch of different <laughs> Disney arcade kind of things. I don't even know. You could do it on a rainy day. People, Disney obviously. Magic Quest. That'd be cool. Is it where the void is? No, that's Wait, the east side. Is Magic Quest like a big thing? Do people know about that? Uh, there's a few of them, but it's not a Disney thing. I know that. <laughs> okay. That's why we're saying there should be a Disney Magic Quest. Star Wars Magic Quest. Well, you kind of get that at the, the void. No, but you get to make your own lightsaber and stab people, but they're not real. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay to kill droids. Is no. it? Yeah, they're no. not real. They're not alive. You can make your own life I, droid. I know one flyer of the Falcon who would disagree. <laughs> well, as uh, your mom would say, since she's Lando. Oh my gosh, <laughs> how you doing? Droids have rights. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. We're going to take a break. Landon's back for a new M34D. Coming right up. Landon Calrissian. No. Welcome back to the monorail. This is M34D, and joining me for this segment of M34D is the one, the only, New Year's baby, Landon the Dawsdone. Landon, welcome to M34D 2020. I didn't think we were going to be talking about what I was wearing because I am naked as a newborn baby. <laughs> Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen, coming from the big naked hairy baby on the Monday morning monorail. The question we all have to ask ourselves is, are you still naked even if you're wearing a sash that says New Year 2020? Well, see, that's more of a costume as opposed to like something you wear. So I'm going to go with yes. Still naked. Yes, I am okay. naked. All Ladies right. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot emphasize enough how naked I am right now. <laughs> like, like naked as a jaybird, as some of the kids would say. Not, not that jay the host but you know regardless totally nude that's how we're doing it in the fun v that is in the otherwise humdrum v that is the monday morning monorail <clears throat> landon i think we should get to the topic at hand today because we are going to be speaking about one of the newest additions to the magic kingdom in fantasy land and it kind of in spirit replaced one of the scariest most evil attractions 
that had ever existed in the Magic Kingdom, which was Snow White's Scary Adventure. Totally legit scary. Remember, we talked about this in a previous yeah. 3-4-D. The witch tries to kill you at the end. She did. She did. Like, tried to drop a boulder on you. Yeah, um, murder happens <laughs> in this attraction, ladies and gentlemen. That attraction was too scary. It, did. it, it did, yeah. It was retired, and now we have its spiritual successor, which is the Seven Dwarves Mind Train. And not only does it exist as a spiritual successor, it actually contains several props that were used in Snow White's Scary Adventure. So, really, it's, you know, I think it's a legitimate um, sibling or, you know, offspring of the Snow White's Scary Adventure. I'm going to say it is. Absolutely. I mean, I would agree with you. We have more instances of Disney Imagineer, Imagineers. There we go. Look at that. <laughs> Circle gets the square. Uh, Imagineers taking old props from previous attractions and giving them new life. I know you're, uh, you're probably going to talk about all of them throughout the attraction, but the one that stands out to me, uh, obviously we're talking about Seven Dwarves Minecart. When you go up that ramp, you see that jib crane with the two uh, vultures mm-hmm. hanging out there. Those are the vultures from Seven Dwarves Scary Adventure. So, so yeah. I, I, I think I think that's that's cool. It's another instance of them using previous history and making it new. And like I, I dig this ride, but but let's let's get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's do what we normally do at the beginning of this segment, and that is to kind of give you an overview of what exactly the ride is. This ride is. Half roller coaster, half dark ride. And it occurs on a, I'm going to call it a hill that the Imagineers have created in Fantasyland. Um, one of the things that's pretty cool about this ride is it's what they say mostly on stage. So when it's not in a tunnel, when it's not in a mine, the minecart is out racing around the hill for all of Fantasyland to see. And it's actually very aesthetically pleasing. I think it's a very nice ride to look at. The way that they've constructed this hill, they've there's a lot of like greenery, there's vegetation on it. It looks pretty natural. The question came up at one point on the Twitter, should this ride be considered amongst the Magic Kingdom Mountains? I say no. It is not a Magic Kingdom Mountain. It is a Magic Kingdom hill, and I don't think it has quite the status of the other mountains. We're talking space, we're talking Big Thunder, we're talking Splash. I don't think you put this up there. What I do you would, think? I would agree with that. I okay. mean, it definitely, like, like there are some parallels, I think, to this and Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, not only from the aesthetics, not only because the carts kind of rock back and forth, both different in mm-hmm. uh, Big Thunder and Seven Dwarves. But I wouldn't put it on the same level as Big Thunder, as Splash, as Space, because I honestly feel like, and we'll probably get into this while we're talking about this, I feel like this is the roller coaster that bridges the gap from, like, say, the Barnstormer to Big Thunder, and then Big Thunder builds that bridge from, you know, kind of, I don't want to say kiddie or tame roller coasters, because that feels like a negative connotation or slight against seven dwarves or even barnstormer for that matter but at the same time i do feel like seven dwarves builds that bridge from kind of kids rides to grown-up roller coasters into big thunder which then leads into space mountain yeah i would agree with that i think it is kind of that in-betweener kind of a ride um i think slinky dog may be a little more intense than seven dwarves mine train um yeah i would Mm, I think I would agree with that, but the way the 
the carts kind of swing on seven dwarves, I think might maybe give it an edge on Slinky, but at the same time, I do feel like that's kind of one of those neck-and-neck rides. Again, building the bridge from the kid attractions to the grown-up attraction. I'll tell you what I think makes Slinky a little more intense is the double launch. So you've got two launches on that ride, which I think might be a bit intimidating to the kiddos, and I think it's got... I think in elevation terms, I think it's it's probably got a larger drop, even though even though neither one has a really intense drop. But um, but I, I definitely feel like Slinky has a bigger drop because at least at least, at least to me it feels like you get higher in yeah. Slinky than you do in Seven Dwarfs. I mean, heck, you can see Black Spire Outpost from Slinky. You can see clear <laughs> to another galaxy, y'all. That's how high you get up on Slinky Dog. Yeah. Yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, this is kind of a unique ride system. It is a steel coaster, but the cars of the roller coaster train look like mine carts that you would have seen in the movie. They, they look like they're made of wood, and they're set up so that they swing almost like a baby's cradle within the ride. So as you're going around the banks of the roller coaster, you actually kind of swing with the natural movement of the ride, which... It's nice. It's a, it's a it's different. I will tell you there there are times that I notice it. Um, like I've ridden this now. I'm gonna say I've ridden it five or six times. There are times that I've ridden it where I really notice the swinging, and then there's other times where I it it, it, it may or may not have swung at all. Like in, in just my and I, I don't know if it's based on where I sat on the train that makes it maybe more obvious or not. Um, I've been lucky enough to sit in the very front, and I think maybe I noticed the swinging a little more there. Uh, it's interesting you say you notice the swinging more in the front because in doing research for this segment, I saw a lot of comments on YouTube videos, like the point of view videos where they would go to the front and go to the back. Mm-hmm. They said they noticed the swinging more the further you go back. Okay, so I got it backwards. But, but, but I mean, that that could just be, you know your own experience but like i do feel like the way the carts swing back and forth that's my that's one of my favorite parts of this attraction that's to me what makes this attraction feel so unique because i'll be honest i kind of wish this experience was more common throughout the walt disney world properties Mm -hmm. we already talked about big thunder mountain how it kind of rocks Mm -hmm. back and forth as you go up that one specific part but i love like is this rock and roller coaster when it comes to a like a coaster no but at the same time i love when you go into those banks and 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 the and the mine carts kind of kick up and you feel it swing like i think that's such a cool feeling and i wish there was more of it in disney yeah okay i i I think there's definitely value to it and but i do think you get you definitely feel it a little more based on where you're sitting in the train Mm -hmm. yes yes i mean clearly like you say the front they say the back but there is clearly a I don't want to call it a sweet spot for the yeah. lack, but for the lack of a better term, there is a sweet spot when it comes to getting the swing. Yeah. So, 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 so maybe again, there had to be a better way to phrase that. I apologize, but maybe ask a cast member. That just you, that that up? sounded to me oh. that sounded like a line from a big bad voodoo daddy song or something. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm actually going to be opening for the Big Bad Voodoo Daddies when they come to uh, Eat to the Beat this year. There you go. It's going to be be four hours of me just beatboxing. So here's the deal, guys. We're talking about the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. (laughs) Oh, is that what we're talking about? Neat. We are. We're trying to. Um, Okay. As I mentioned, this ride was part of the Fantasyland redo. 
and New Fantasy Land is a new Fantasy Land. So, to call it, yeah. yeah, its official opening date was May twenty eighth, twenty fourteen. Now, it sits very close to the what are we calling it? Under the Sea, the Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Under the Sea, the Journey of the Little Mermaid. It sits close to Ariel, and and uh, <laughs> and as we mentioned that took up some of the spot where 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea used to be. This does as well. So so it sits in the same kind of general area, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Pooh's playful spot. So we've talk, we talked a little bit about how the mountain that actually makes up kind of the exterior of this ride and then some of the surface of this ride is um, very pretty to look at. It's got water features. It's got trees. It's got vegetation. This has caused issues in the past. I don't know if you've ever noticed or ever seen, but sometimes if you walk around Fantasyland or even like Liberty Square or just around the back of the park after the fireworks are done, you might notice that there's water spraying on the top of the buildings or notice that it's wet sometimes back there. And that's because occasionally some of the fireworks actually land on the roofs of the buildings. (laughs) And so they have to make sure that, that they put those out immediately. Well, they weren't quite prepared for that to happen <laughs> to the Seven Dwarves Mine Train. Nope. And so it did indeed catch in fire, catch on fire after a uh, showing of wishes uh, on November first, twenty fourteen. So it was just yeah. In fact, Dopey came out screaming, "The roof, the roof, <laughs> the roof is on fire!" Yeah, just a mere months after it had opened. <laughs> um, so I think probably they've added sprinklers. I would imagine. To seven doors I would hope train. so because I mean, at one point, uh, according to Wikipedia, that would be on November first, twenty fourteen. This attraction caught on fire, and it was because of Ember from Wishes. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really hope they put in some sort of sprinkler system. Something. Or hey, maybe we shouldn't let the attraction catch on fire. System, <laughs> yeah, something to prevent fires on the ride for sure. Um, they actually claim the duration of this ride to be two minutes and 50 seconds. And that was something I was going to get to because I do not think it's that long. I think they're counting part of the time that you're sitting like in the offload area where you can see the cabin with the evil witch and the silly Which dance. They totally make you stop at. <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I mean, to- like, like if, if you've listened to these segments before, you know how big of a fan I am of cool animatronics. And this attraction has very cool yeah. animatronics in spades. But, I mean, yeah, next to the cabin, they totally park you there for, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, and, and this is what I was going to say. It's an advantage. If you're sitting in the front, you get a very good view of the witch. If you're sitting in the back of the train, you don't get to see her very well, and, and you kind of pass her. Yeah, but you get a better view of the dancing, because Snow White and Dopey kind of dance away from you um, if you're in the front, and then they dance back up towards the front. So it's a little bit further away. So your your position on the train is going to give you different views of the cabin. While we're on the topic of animatronics, let's talk about the mine shaft for a minute, because we did mention this is part roller coaster, part dark ride, and we haven't even really gotten to the mining yet. Um when you enter the mine, you get to see some of Disney's first uses of animatronics with the projection faces. So they end up looking a lot more animated. Now, Landon, you have been very vocal against the projection faces on Frozen Ever After. I wanted to ask you about these. Do you feel like these are just as bad? 
oh no i actually think these are very well done projections as opposed to like frozen ever after where you can see a very distinct line of where the projection starts and stops i don't feel like you have that on the seven dwarves like I still think all the all the projections hold up very well, which I mean, like I've even thrown some shade on Avatar uh, Navi, uh, almost called it Navi River Rapid. That's 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 not a thing, but the Navi River Journey, like like there's a couple animatronics, I guess, that have those projections where it's mm-hmm. like, OK, that 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 feels a little sweaty. I have not experienced that feeling when it comes to Seven Dwarves. And it's like I was fortunate enough to ride it uh, when I was down for Mickey's Not So Scary. So I was able to ride it somewhat relatively recently. And I still felt like those projections hold up and they look good, at yeah. least in my opinion. I agree. I think they're very good. Um, I think these are probably the best use of the projection faces that I can think of. And, and really I think that they'll probably, ah, I mean, who knows, you you know, 10 years from now, we may look at them and say they look hokey, but so far they've stood the test of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So far they look great. And, and I mean, like I said, comparing it to all the other attractions that are using those projection faces, this one is held up the best in my opinion. And it's not even that close. Right. Yeah, it's very good. And one of my favorites, when you're going through the mine, I mean, there's a lot of cool things to look at. But as you get kind of through the mine, you start going up the hill, you get to Doc. And then he does the whole, like, turns his wrist and starts going, hi-ho, when it's time for them to leave. That is so cool. It is very, very good. Uh Uh-huh. Like, when you're going up that mine, I assume you're talking about the projection on the wall of the dwarves. Well, right before you get to the projection... Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yes, that animatronic of him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He turns. He, he turns his head. He raises his wrist and starts hi ho to tell the dwarves it's time to go home, and that is so cool. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, it doesn't always work. Sometimes it's not moving, uh, but when it does, it is impressive. It is very good. Well, speaking of not always working, there were a couple of uh, videos, again doing research for this uh, segment. I remember when I wrote it that the seven dwarves, the silhouettes mm-hmm. followed you up as you go up that, I guess, yeah. hill into the drop. Some videos I saw didn't have that's the seven dwarves walking up on the side. So I don't know if that's something that has been a recent reduction or if the time these people were riding through that effect just didn't work. Yeah. I think that, that I'm, that I'm kind of like scratching my head off. I think it's more the latter because the last time we rode this, and this was Thanksgiving week, uh, we actually managed to snag same day fast passes. I'm telling you, folks, we're How? professionals. Um, but we got them, and the the dwarves going up on the cave walls, they were there. The projections okay, were there. Okay. Yeah, because so, that is just such a cool effect. It is really cool to see them kind of walking along with you. Their their silhouettes, and honestly, I really think that the cave is my favorite part of the ride. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, easy. I mean, like, like this is a roller coaster, quote-unquote, but it's like, if they'd replaced the track and just turned it into, like, something like, say, Peter Pan or the original Snow White ride or maybe Pooh, uh, I mean, like, this very easily could have been just a dark ride where you go through parts of the room and see animatronics because once again these animatronics i feel like are second to none when it comes to disney maybe some okay the uh shaman at the end of river rapid or 
but it's not called River Rapids. <laughs> Navi River Journey, once again, sorry. Off to a hot start <laughs> in the new year. Uh, but like, like these, these are very good animatronics. Mm-hmm. They, they are. just happen to be on a roller coaster. And I like the fact that they timed the roller coaster to make it feel like a dark ride because you nailed it at the top of this segment. This is a half roller coaster, half dark ride attraction. Yeah. I think it shines as a dark ride and it's just fine as a roller coaster, in my opinion. But that's because I'm a guy who likes intense roller coasters. I am a thrill coaster fan. And so for me, like, okay, it's a, it's a fun ride. It's, I, I guess... I would definitely pick it over riding the Barnstormer, which is only like a 20-second ride. Um, (laughs) But I think every single time, if you were to ask me Seven Dwarfs Mind Train or Slinky Dog, I I would go Slinky Dog every time. I I love Slinky Dog as a junior coaster. I think it's very good. So that's just just me. I think I would have to agree with you because, I mean, at this point, it really does feel like you're going to be waiting about the same for Seven Dwarves or mm-hmm. Slinky Dog. And I do think if you're just looking at the coaster aspect of it, Slinky Dog, I mean, like Seven Dwarves doesn't hold a candle to it, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, like Slinky Dog is a legit roller coaster. Yeah. Is it kind of a junior coaster? Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. But that's not necessarily a negative thing. Where, where on the flip side, like Seven Dwarves, again, going back to it, it's a half roller coaster, half dark ride attraction. Yeah. And by the way, Slinky Dog has a, a very cool animatronic of Wheezy at the end. Yeah, it does. So cool. <laughs> like, like that is such a great animatronic. Yeah. Where he's like, hey, you got a friend in me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I wanted to mention, too, we haven't even got to it. We're kind of going backwards because we talk about the ride first. But this, this is one of the rides that actually opened with an interactive queue. <laughs> and so there's cool things to keep you entertained. Now. You have to wait till you get inside the cave before you get to the interactive elements. Um, one of the things I think about when I think about this ride is if you ride it at night and you happen to be in standby and waiting outside, it is ridiculously dark. Like the queue is so dark. <laughs> Break out your cell phones or get a fuel rod so you can turn on the light on your cell phone. Yeah, it is very, very dark. Um, and then once you get inside, you get to the... Now, if you go fast pass, you're totally going to miss all the interactive elements, which is pretty standard. That's the way it is on uh, pretty much any other ride that has interactive stuff in the queue. But um, there's some pretty cool stuff. Some of it's changed uh, probably out of necessity, just functionality and things over the last yeah, couple of years. I was going to say, doing some research, uh, it seems like the big, at least when I did the standby, because at one point I did the standby, all two dadgum hours of it, uh, there was at one point in the queue, it was an interactive, like a gym matching mm-hmm. game or something. Apparently that is since... Yeah, it's gone. The touchscreen has been covered and is now just like, hey, here's some gems. There's yeah. no longer any interactive aspect to it. Right. So that does kind of bum me because that was pretty cool because you do need something to break the, the monotony of what is going to be a two-hour standby line. Yeah. Yeah, they have changed that one out. I would imagine it's because they were having technical issues with it and just uh-huh, couldn't and keep it up. It, yeah. yeah. So so now they've made it something easier to deal with. Um, now, one of the things that's still there is there are these barrels you can spin. And if you get them all spinning to where you get all seven dwarves on the ceiling, Snow White appears, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That's, yeah. that, that's pretty cool. And then there's musical spigots. And each one makes a different note on the chromatic scale. And so you can kind of play little songs with the different spigots. Uh, it's supposed to be like a gym washing station. So 
some pretty cool stuff. Keep, I mean, it's for the kids, but I like playing with that stuff. I love playing with the interactive queue stuff, to be honest. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like if if, if you're <laughs> going to stand there in the queue, use it. Yeah. It's like on uh, the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh. When I get to do yeah, like the, the honey stuff, exactly, oh, I'm yeah. doing that the whole time. Writing swear words and honey. You're going to have to tell me to move. Oh, wait. just That's just me? <laughs> yeah, don't do that. This is a kid's ride. <laughs> it is a kid's ride. It's for the children, as we say. Yeah. Um, okay. So before we, uh, before we forget, I did want to mention, you talked earlier about the vultures that were saved from Snow White's Scary Adventure. A couple other things were actually ported over from that ride as well. The figures of Grumpy, Doc, Bashful, Sleepy, and Happy that are seen in the cottage at the end of the attraction all originally appeared in Snow White's Scary Adventure. So, yeah, I, I love the, I love it so much. I love it when they just don't toss these things aside. Um, like, for example, the globe from Illuminations, like a piece of garbage, and just destroy it. Um, and think these things get to live on. And so um, I think that's very okay cool. Okay there, buddy. That, 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 that one sounded a little bit personal. Having a moment, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I get that. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I've got some other... I'm looking through some fun facts here and trying to see if there's anything interesting enough to, to share with you because I know that you're a, you're a tough judge. I am, especially when it comes to fun facts. Because remember, I am the judge, jury, and sometimes executioner. Just depending on if uh, somebody showed up or not. Let me read this one to you, and we're going to see if this makes sense. In the last view of the cottage, around the corner of the far wall, the Wicked Queen can be seen in her disguise as an old hag watching Snow White and the dwarves. Um, she turns toward the train as it passes and cackles. I don't know if I've ever noticed her turn. I mean, in the videos I did watch today, again, leading up to uh, research... She is looking at the cart as it goes by, but I don't know if she like ever turns and looks at the cart. Well, if she's looking at the cart, then sh then maybe she's stuck in that position or something. Because I I remember her looking into the cottage. I don't remember her turning. I also, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But she is in disguise as the old hag. Um, well, it's not much of a, a disguise because everybody can see right through it. <laughs> it's true. Um. The Dwarf's Cottage is a meticulously detailed representation of the cozy home scene in the classic film down to the wisteria vine and birdhouse at the front door. Uh, well, you know how much I love down to the wisteria vine <laughs> and the birdhouse is a movie, so I will deem that a fun fact. <laughs> nice. Uh, the individual mine cars are designed to reflect similar vehicles that appear in the film, handmade of wood by the dwarves, shaped with an axe, and used to haul rocks and jewels, Hand-hammered metal bands and nails are used to bind the wood. In the film, the mine cars sit in a cradle that allows them to be tipped to unload the contents. Here, the cradle allows the cars to swing. So, like I mentioned, it's supposed to be look like it came right out of the movie and has function as a mine cart or as a ride vehicle. Well, I've already said one of my favorite parts of this attraction is the mine carts and the way they swing. So, once again, fun fact. Next to Doc's workstation in the mine, the carved wooden clock is a replica of the one seen in the film with the figures of two miners striking an anvil. As in the film, the motion signals the start of the beloved song, Hi-Ho. Well, uh, this is a dark secret of me. I can't tell time, so I'm deeming anything to deal with clocks not fun. <laughs> Just confuses me. 
No, I'm kidding. I can tell. Oh, okay. This is actually really cool. The shadows of the dwarves marching homeward along the track on the lift inside of the mine were rotoscoped from the scene in the original film where the dwarves march along the log bridge singing, Home From Work We Go. Okay, I have no snarky comment. That is a legit fun fact. That's really freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah, it basically says rotoscoping is a technique where movements of a figure in an original live or animated footage are copied or traced frame by frame. So it's legitimately like right from the movie. That is awesome. Yeah. That is super cool. So there you go. Fun facts. Indeed. Yeah. Three or four. I like it. Yeah. So Seven Dwarves Mind Train. Now, you mentioned this earlier kind of in passing. Long waits for this ride if you Uh go standby. Um, usually Even if you go to one of the hard ticketed yeah. events after the fact, it's like, I did say I got to ride this, uh, before I went to not so scary and I feel fortunate, but you have to remember when I went to not so scary, it was in the throes of hurricane season. Yeah. So lots of people stayed away. Yeah. I was able to get on, uh, with a 20, 30 minute ish mm-hmm. wait, uh, from the four o'clock, uh, window that they let you in to when the not so scary starts. But when you and I, we went to uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas, we thought about getting on it, but that was like a 45-minute yeah. hour wait. It so, was. I mean, like, even if you do go to these extra hour events or whatever, you still might have to wait for it. Yeah. This ride typically has a 90-plus minute wait, even on a slow day, on days where it's like, I don't know, the week of New Year's, you're probably looking more like 120-plus if you can't fast pass it, then you're going to have to try to rope drop it or maybe go as the last ride of the night or something. Uh, Which I've also seen some, pe- some people uh, talking about this attraction. Yeah, we were there to rope drop. We went there immediately. Still a 30-minute yeah. Oh, yeah. Even if you do it because that's most people's strategy because it's very hard to get a fast pass for. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that is one of those attractions where it does do you uh, some good to be staying at a Disney resort yeah. where your fast pass is open that far in advance. Because otherwise, you ain't going to be able to get one 30 days out. I'm just telling you how yeah. it is. Or go extra magic hour mornings and try to rope <laughs> drop it because that might give you a little better shot. But either way, it's it's uh, it's going to be you're, challenging. You're going to have to put in some work if you don't get a fast pass for this attraction and you want to get on it. I'm wondering if when Tron Coaster opens in 2021, if the crowds will disperse a little bit and maybe it'll be easier. I don't know. but we'll I mean, it, it, it couldn't hurt, but at the same yeah. time, I kind of feel like Tron and Seven Dwarves are going to be going after two completely different audiences. Seven Dwarves is for the you know little, little kids and you know the young adults. Yeah. Where Tron, I mean, that is that is a full blown roller coaster. Yeah, I guess you're right, but there are plenty of adults that still want to ride the Seven Dwarves Mine Train. That is true. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, I'm always interested to see, like, when these when another headliner opens, if it's actually going to spread the crowds out. Like, I think the same thing about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Like, when that opens in, in theory, studios, it lighten the load on Rise of the Resistance or Slinky or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, who knows? I mean, Slinky. Yeah, sl- yeah, yeah Slinky's Slinky uh, is probably more likely because there is the resistance. I mean, that thing, that thing's going to have like a three-hour wait till the end of time. Here's a better suggestion: Why don't we just go to virtual queues for everything? Everything. I'd be okay with that. 
Yeah. Especially in Hollywood studio. Yeah, I'm cool posting up at baseline <laughs> for like a couple hours. Right? Right? I, I will I will spend money on pretzels and beer until until it's time for me to get on like rock and roller coaster yeah. or something. I know in terms of like uh, crowd management, you've got to have people either in line or maybe in shows, but you give me more eating and drinking opportunities, maybe a couple more shops. I'm happy to spend time doing that instead of standing in a line where there may or may not be a bathroom for two hours. So, yeah. So anyway, just a humble suggestion from your monorail family. Well, we know Disney listens to this podcast. By the way, uh, another sign of Disney listening to this podcast, uh, Regal Eagle Barbecue, y'all. How about that? Hashtag Save the Puppets. Right. That might be something we talk about on the episode today. What What are your oh thoughts? Oh, my God. We call that a tease in the business, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just ask you, because I'm sure we'll be getting into this uh, on another segment, but what is your opinion of the inclusion of Sam Eagle as part of this restaurant? I mean, like, is that what I would do with the Muppets? Probably not. But at the same time, uh, I would prefer Muppets as opposed to no Muppets. Yeah. And you know what? If they if if they do Regal Eagle in the same vein of like great great moments in history, but mostly American parts, like this is great moments of food, but mostly the barbecue parts. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm absolutely fine with it. Yeah, I've seen thoughts on both sides on this one. I, I'm mostly pro. I, I think we've talked about it on the show. Like, if, if they want to use Muppets in all of World Showcase in one capacity or another, I'm fine with it. Um, and Sam, his whole character is being, like, patriotic. So Yeah, being the jingoistic eagle. <laughs> yeah, so I don't see how someone could have a problem with that. But, you know, people do. So Oh, yeah, people have problems with everything. Haven't you been on the Internet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah I'm I'm mostly pro but um man a lot of good things coming down the road and while I'm just glad to see the muppets when they're not hawking a facebook portal yeah exactly. if I'm being completely honest while we're on the topic of new things and epcot I think it's now time to say this M34D marks the end of our M34D segments focused on the magic kingdom we've done it <sighs> What? We've done it. We're moving on, folks. Oh, my God. It's the end of an era, ladies and gentlemen. It only took us get almost... At, get at us on social media, at Morning Monorail, at Landaz, at The Croots. Tell us what your favorite M34D of the Magic Kingdom era has been. How yeah. That? I'd be interested to know, for sure. Um, it's been a good time. I, I think, as we get into Epcot, we're still going to have some really good imagineering stories some some rich history and some of the things maybe particularly things that are closed in fact we're going to be reading scripts from the imagineering story <laughs> on disney plus that's that's how good these imagineering stories are going to be yeah um wait wait hold on i'm being told by our lawyers we can't do that. oh crap oh well rats we'll, we'll just right, well, re- I'm out of ideas. we'll rewrite it and call it a parody um <laughs> there we go parodies are protected yeah uh but I'm excited to move on to Epcot. Magic Kingdom has been very fun. Before we got into recording, I did mention, you know, the original idea I had for M34D was not to to just go through attractions and shows, but also to do potentially like restaurants and shops if there's some story behind them. So we may end up hopping back in if we wanted to talk about something that has some history, like, or, or just the story behind it, like. I know Pecos Bill has a lot of story going on in that particular restaurant. Um, so there may be a, a thing here or there that we jump back to, or, or maybe we do, we could even do maybe a, a series just on theme, like the restaurants with stories. 
Um, that could be fun. Yeah. Um, so we may do something like that. But for now... Yeah, that's the beautiful part. Like, like we have park hopper passes so we can go wherever <laughs> we want, y'all. That's right. M3, I mean, we're going D. to Epcot because we're, we're full-grown adults. We're over 21. Yep. And that's what you do when you go to Disney if you're a full-grown adult. But at the same time, we're still going to be visiting the Magic Kingdom because, I mean, it's the Magic Kingdom. Come on, y'all. Exactly. We're always going to go back. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, excited to move on to Epcot. Um, it's going to be interesting because Epcot is in such a period of transition that we're going to be talking about a lot of things that are no longer there. And then we period even, of upheaval. Yeah. I, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll even be getting into kind of the future a little bit because maybe by the time, actually, I would say Ratatouille will be open before we ever finish Epcot. So, oh uh, yeah, based on our recording schedule, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that feels very, very safe to say. Yeah. We may have a Mary Poppins ride before we're done. Um, oh God, we might have a Guardians ride. Before oh yeah, working. that's true. We may have Guardians. <laughs> we could do it. Oh, this is great because we'll, we might be able to do the M three four D like when Guardians opens. We could do it for Guardians. That'd be cool. Ooh, that'd be cool. And, yeah, and, and I could say for the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> That might call for a live in-park recording, I would say. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, I'm not going to, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not going to be there for opening week of uh, Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railcart, but I'm going to be there within the month that it opens. Hmm. Nice. I mean, I mean, granted, like, like that's a completely different park. I'm just thinking out loud that I've been there for day one for uh yeah. For Falcon, I've been there for day one of Rise. Yeah. Oh, I was almost there for day one of uh, Mickey and Minnie's. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> Everybody, I'm sure, feels very sad for you right As now. As they should. And if they feel really sad for me, send me money on PayPal. Landon.donut. No, I'm not going to do that. Here's my Venmo. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but a lot to look forward to. Um, in the future of M3 4D. And, Absolutely. And thank you yeah. all for coming along with our look from the beginning of the Magic Kingdom to now. Yep. Like we've said, we're we're still probably going to talk about Magic Kingdom as we need to. But, I mean, like, it's it's been a fun ride. So thank you all for coming along with us yeah. for part one of M3 4D. Yeah. Closing a chapter. We're on to the next. So um, with that being said, Landon, I think we should let people know in the interim where they can find more amazing Landon the Dawesdone content. Uh, I would invite you to follow me on Twitter. <clears throat> L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me. Landon Doan. I'm the best. Landon Doan. Not the rest. Uh, once again, on Twitter, 280 characters at a time. That's where you can follow me. I also still technically run a website, buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips? Sit on your butt and munch? Yeah, that's 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 about the state of the website right now. It hasn't been updated in six months. Uh, the podcasts are no longer available on iTunes. So if you missed out, first of all, what the hey, that's not cool. <laughs> Second of all, head over to buttmunchchips.com and download and save all the MP3s of Game of Thrones Talk, a.k.a. Got Talk, um, uh, Nearfall Radio, if you're a fan of the Sweet Science of Professional Wrestling, Whatever the crap the R&D project was with myself and Will Rapp, it's there. If you want to listen to it, that's on you. I'm not telling you how to spend your time, but, you know, whatever. It's a new year. You might, you might have made a resolution to listen to really bad podcasts, and boy, do I have a plethora of them to listen to. 
I'm also on the Phil Shaw at News Talk 98.7 WOKI radio station here locally in Knoxville, airing 6 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. Uh, once again, that's 9.87 FM locally, but streaming worldwide at Newstalk987.com. Also available in the iHeartRadio app and the News Talk 987 app. Available in the Google and iTunes Play Store. Yeah. Very good. iTunes and Google Play Store. Yeah. Whatever. Edit it to make me sound good, Mr. Editor Man. Of course. <laughs> Landon, thanks so much for joining me for another M34D. We're back on track, and we're going to be doing this for Epcot in 2020. And I'm excited to be doing it with you. Had to be a better way to phrase that, but I appreciate the, uh, the I guess, thought. But, yeah, it's it, it's going to be fun. We, we had a lot of fun talking about the Magic Kingdom, but I'll be honest, Epcot's one of my favorite things that Walt Disney has ever done. So I am super, super looking forward to talking about Epcot, especially in the year of upheaval, too. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Mm. I guess that's what we call a tease in the business. So you keep it locked right here. Listen to the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. And Jay has no idea. I'm sending him to the next segment. See you after the break. Welcome back to the monorail. Hope you enjoyed M3 4D today. As we say farewell to the Magic Kingdom era, we are sailing on into Epcot. It's very exciting. Hope you're excited too. We wanted to wrap up today's show by putting a little bow on the Give Kids the World fundraising competition that we were participating in with Dillo's Diz. This fundraiser has officially come to a close and... We got very close to our goal of 1500 We didn't quite make it, but we got very, very close, like 90% close. In total, between our fundraising efforts and the Dillos, we ended up raising, was it $2,600, almost $2,700? Yeah, it was quite a bit. Yeah. All that money going to Give Kids the World, and that is awesome. Honestly, when we started it and we set the goal at 1500 I was like, this is silly. We're not going to get anywhere near that. I actually said five at first. Yeah. We... Definitely questioned ourselves uh, after the initial um, establishment of the goal. But you all stepped up and you donated. And we are so, so grateful to you for doing that. Um, Of course, as a result of this, there were some challenges that were going along with this competition. We already did the ice bucket challenge. We said when we got to $1,000 that we were going to do the blindfold makeup challenge. So that's something. Look for that this week. Yes. You will see, we're going to do, we'll do it live. We'll use my new fancy GoPro and maybe that'll be a live YouTube thing. So I'll put, I'll make sure it links to the Twitter. We'll do it YouTube live. Okay. Yeah. So make sure you're following us on YouTube. If you want to see the blindfold makeup challenge, it's Monday morning monorail podcast. Go subscribe to our channel, please. You can make me a moderator for the live chat and people will see me. Yeah, we can do that. You can moderate because me and mom will be busy. She'll be blindfolded. I'll be getting makeup on my face and I'll, McKenna will be cameraman. I'll no, talk, I'll be in the other room. I'll talk to the chat. So I, we're all going to participate. YouTube live. Um, you know, maybe we'll do this Wednesday or Thursday. Like give people some time to get ready for it. Let's say Thursday night. Okay. Okay. Thursday night, YouTube live. Subscribe to the channel. Tell people about it. 
retweet it when you see it come up and make sure that people join in because it's going to be fun and, and talk to us. Let us know what you think about Sam's makeup skills and my face. <laughs> I'd actually, I don't want to know what you think of my face. It's don't tell be me. Fun. Don't tell me what you think of my face. I'll help you set that up, by the way. Okay. I'm experiencing that. Okay. Garrett's going to help us. He is our tech support for sure. But before we kind of sign off on this, I did want to go ahead and say thank you to the people who did donate to us. And this is for the kids, you know. Me? At the end of the day, it's for the kids. Not you kids, but for the kids. When we challenged the Dillos, we laid out some very specific consequences for the losing team. And that was, if we were going to be the losers, we had to go to Hollywood Studios and make a video apologizing to Frank, forever saying there was no shade there, and then walking around and also demonstrating where the shade is in Hollywood Studios. If the Dillos lost, Frank had to go to Epcot and spend the day in Lederhosen <laughs> and then wind up his evening with a nice romantic stroll through World Showcase through the International Gateway over to Boardwalk um, with his man crush, the drunk stormtrooper. <laughs> so all I'm going to say is at the end of the competition, midnight on December 30th, I checked the scoreboard exactly at midnight because I wouldn't have spoken a word of trash if I didn't do this. And we were ahead. Now, there were some missing donations that never showed up on the Dillo's page. And then there were some donations that came in just a bit after midnight. So there, there was a bit of a controversy that occurred. And we don't really feel like it's totally fair to say we lost or they lost. But we also don't really think it's a tie. So we're going to have a joint episode, a joint podcast with the Dillo's coming up very soon where we are going to get into how we're going to handle the fallout of this. There will be challenges that will be completed. And maybe what we do is we come up with some sort of a chair, a shared challenge that like the six of us can do together. Share a slice of pizza with the seagull. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it'll be. And I'm not going to speak for Frank and Jen, but I think they have something planned as well as kind of a thank you for the fundraiser. And who knows, maybe we'll come up with something individually. But all I'm going to say at this point is, you know, it doesn't really matter who won. It Like, I mean, sure, it would have been fun to have like a clean winner and a clean decision. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer that it didn't work out that way because I really wanted it to be clear so yeah. we could have our actual competitions yeah. play out the way they should. It's a bit disappointing. And, and I told okay. And I told Frank, too, because we were texting the night of the uh, deadline of the competition. And I said, dude, we were never going to leave you hanging out there. Like, if, if they had lost, like, cleanly, which, by the way, they did. If they had, <laughs> but if they, I mean, they did. But if they had, um, I told him, I was like, we were not going to make you spend all day in Lederhosen. It was going to no. be totally, and, and I was going to dress up with him. I would have, too. Yeah. I would have definitely gone as the winch, and I would have had a beer in my hand all day long. So, <laughs> like, it, you know, we weren't going to, we love Frank and Jen. We're not going to hang them out to dry. No way. We love busting their chops, but we do love them, and we would never, like, put them in a situation, because Frank obviously did not want to do this. Right. <laughs> Which is why it was funny. Yeah. So, all in good fun. At the end of the day, we raise a lot of money for a good charity, and that's really all that matters. So, once again, thank you to our donors. And that's really all I wanted to say about that. Sounds good. Yes. So, I think next year, if we do something similar, maybe at the end of the year next year, I think we don't make it a competition. We just maybe join forces and just try to raise much money. And then and then we set maybe like a mutual goal. 
And if we reach the goal, then we do some sort of a challenge. Yeah, all together yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think maybe that would work out better. And maybe if we reach $1 goal, we meet up. <laughs> and then maybe we, we could also like expand it and see if there's other podcasts that want to get involved. Yeah, I think it's a good charity too. So, um, and since we're all Disney fans, we should be giving the opportunity to other, for other people, especially children who have things that they're going through, yeah. um, the opportunity to go. Yeah. So. We'll come up with something. We're get in in true Monday morning monorail style. I always want to try to do things bigger and better the second time around. So we'll see what we can do. And with that being said, I think that's about all we have for today. Yeah, good. Yeah. So thank you all for listening. We really appreciate your listenership, your friendship, your interactions on the social media. If you want to continue to follow us, make sure you are at Morning Monorail on the Twitter. We're Monday Morning Monorail on Instagram. YouTube, Facebook, all the other things. You can go to our website, mondaymorningmonorailpodcast.com. And I challenge you in this new year to help us get one additional listener. If you can do that, if each person does that, then, you know. That would be nice. That would be nice. (laughs) That'd be nice. I mean, what are you going to promise? We'll never know. (laughs) Oh, I wasn't going to promise them anything. I was just going to say that, like, it it would really benefit the show. We would continue to grow and be able to do more cool stuff. Yeah. And by the way, my Christmas present this year was a GoPro Hero 8 Black. And so coming soon, if you're following my personal account, you would have seen I already posted my first GoPro video, which was me dunking on 2019. Yeah, that was ridiculous. (laughs) But uh, I did some testing. We did some Animal Kingdom video uh, when we went without the kids. And I'm excited because it's something that I'm going to use to try to up our YouTube game this year. Mm -hmm. And so, you know. We'll keep doing some things and and see how it goes. But interact with us. Oh, and we have a voicemail, 407-917-2144. And you can follow... At Gummy Bear King 2. Go in the bio and click the YouTube link and subscribe. Please. (laughs) I'm losing subscribers. I need your help. He's bleeding subscribers. People need to watch my videos. It makes me sad. (laughs) Oh, don't be sad. Don't be sad. Yeah. Support Gummy Bear King. It's Gummy Bear Games. Support Gummy Bear Games. My hat is wrong, but I'm too scared to change it. <laughs> Why are you scared to change it? Because then I have all of these podcasts where I said the thing will be wrong. Uh. <laughs> That's true. That is, that is a fact. All right. Well, thank you all once again for listening. Happy New Year. We look forward to a great 2020, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. (laughs) See y'all real soon.